All right, so um, we're going to kick off then. This is episode eight of the podcast. We're eight hours in, which is kind of incredible. Um, I'm mostly running on sugar and adrenaline at this point. Sounds Um, sounds like normal then. What else is new, Darren? But yeah, so we're going to talk, and it's interesting that we're following the TV film discussion with this because we're going to talk about episode eight which is the only episode in the podcast where we're covering an epi- actual episode of the show it Lord occurs to me that uh, Darren might have been wanting to let people out so he could use the toilet no 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 that's fine <laughs> <laughs> I just that, noticed the bottles that, under the desk that, thank like, you Andrew he's got full somebody found him in the Come car in with door the pie. Just like, do you want to use the toilet Darren <laughs> see you guys Hello, Jay. Welcome Hello. aboard. It's a TV show. <laughs> it is. Uh, so, you know. Yeah. Just it, like it's not even up for debate as far as I'm concerned. It's that, a TV show. Well, it's a movie, I think. No, it's, it, no, it's not. It's on TV. Uh, it's in episodes. I watched a week on week. I it's a Jim. TV show. Anywho. Anyway, so thank it's you. good to be here. It, it is. Thank you very much for it's joining us, guys. It really is. Um, in case listeners don't know, this is a bit of a reunion we're having. This is like again, I described it as the episode seventeen moment where everybody shows up at the yeah. uh, at the police station. So Jay and Phil, I used to. Well, okay, I still uh, do a podcast with Jay called Scanlon. Phil used to be a regular contributor, and if I can reel him in, will be again. This oh, is yeah. live on air. Don't break my heart. Uh, on where? What? Who? At the Sorry, I'm, podcast. I'm just focused on the pie. Uh, um, yeah. Jay, I'm, would you like some pie? I certainly would. It's the only reason I'm here. Really. <laughs> Mm. Help yourself there. Here, Divvy it up. One. Which one uh, is that? I'll take this one. Um, that one is, I believe, the classic Cooper. Um, oh. It's a very, yeah. Oh, no. no it's, it, everyone raves about that one. Well, well, I'll, I'll try well, them all. Don't I worry. Ha- I have to do this, but <laughs> I've just had a slice, and now I'm just about to sip this. Is there, is there a napkin? Uh, we used to have napkins. I should have. Uh, you know, I should have. Um, thank you, Phil. This is, excuse me, a damn yeah. fine podcast about coffee. <laughs> it really good, is. Though, it's good. turned into a podcast about oh, sorry, what was your pie. question? Uh, what, am I going to do what with the what now? Ah, we'll, we'll pull you back into the Scanlon podcast at some point. But yeah, yeah we, we, I know, I know. Uh, real life got in the way. Uh, but, you know, it, things happen. And uh, unfortunately, I'm an adult. Um, but no, you're what? Yes, you're not adults. But you do a better job of managing all the, the balls in the air than I do. Um, so, hey-ho. Thank hey. you. Thank you very much for coming in. So, our pleasure. Mine, yeah. I can't speak for Jade. Jade, <laughs> you, do you actually experience pleasure now? Uh, occasionally. <laughs> And what we wanted every to... second Wednesday. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Again, your lucky wife. Now, yes, <laughs> dear God, stop um, it. And it's it's okay because it's nine o'clock here, so we passed the watershed apparently. But I just wanted to say, um, it's... well, yeah, that that God. that was Andrew's first reaction on watching. And again, this is live this is and on showtime. Show which reminds me, <laughs> this just want to know if they should stick on episode eight on mute while we're doing this. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. go right ahead, uh, whatever you like, because frankly, we're entering the twilight zone. Um, it's it, so it, it, going, going, going downstairs to kind of like do the security bits and pieces and let people out. Reminded me of episode one. <laughs> Just without without Had Michael Bisping, for, former uh, former middleweight champion of the world. Ah, um, all those cups of coffee. But did we work out? Is it about the bunny? <laughs> it's not about the bunny, Phil. <laughs> um, but yeah, so again, we asked, we put out the call, we asked a bunch of people what they'd like to talk about, and again, one of the things that came back, Phil suggested episode eight. Actually. Oh, dear. oh, yeah, yeah, which is amazing. And episode eight is astonishing because, and again. Not to step on the debate that we just had with with Brian and Jen, which was great, oh, but the ep- the argument about whether or not it's film or television, and this is the thing: is episode eight like it's an episode? Like uh, people like Matt Sawyer's Zeitz has talked about it, Richard Brody's talked about it. It's like when you talk about the return, you always single out episode eight, which maybe cuts into the argument that it's a film because it's it's a triumph of the episodic televisual form, perhaps. That may be, but I like to think of it as. Um... I remember... Um, right up on that microphone. Right, yeah, very, Sorry. very close to the mic. 
Like actually yes. kiss it. Kiss our <laughs> listeners. Do it. Hello, listeners. I'm feeling a lot of love here. A lot of ASMR. Uh, but, yeah. uh, but yes, um, I was going to suggest, uh, it reminded me a bit of, if we were going to put it in terms of looking at the at Twin Peaks, The Return, as a film, it could be interpreted as, did you see uh, Holy Motors, the Leos Carax film from yes. about five years ago? In the middle of that, there's this wonderful entractor where Denis Levant goes, uh, runs around a church playing Aural Burnside's, uh, an Aural Burnside song on an accordion and just comes the hell out of nowhere, like so much does in that film. But uh, it breaks the action. I feel like uh, episode eight could be the equivalent. Listeners, I'm going to turn a fan on in the background. None of the mics are pointing towards it and the volume is so low that I don't think you'll hear it. But if you do, please let us know and we'll turn it off. All right, listeners, that's the deal. Yeah, listeners. This has been great because the only way I've really interacted with this show today is via your Mixler. Um... <laughs> yeah, it's great. We've got a good crowd on there. Indeed, they seem very nice. Hello to the Mixler crowd. Uh, I look forward to your compliments on mine and Jay's contributions shortly. Oh this yes, is Darren plug, is in plug, charge plug. of sound design. <laughs> try to plug get just uh, try regardless to pick just the right fan. Well, regardless <laughs> of the noise, that uh, fan is quite pleasant. I, it's right on me. I look forward all right. To well, beautiful. Worst case scenario is we can turn it all. Also, I just noticed in like the corner there's a bin that says "No coffee cups, please." That's got to be a problem. <laughs> it's going to be a problem at some point. I guess no coffee cups in the bin <laughs> would be the. Pro- but yeah, so um. But anyway, just to talk about episode eight, and it's kind of interesting that you mentioned Holy Motors and it feeling like a segue. And you could do that. It feels a tree of life, which I know I rewatched yeah, recently. I, me too. It's funny you mention that because I rewatched uh, episode eight today and I rewatched Tree of Life not so long ago. Um, the first thing that came to my mind when I rewatched it is. Oh, and listeners have also suggested as a one space odyssey as well, but I suspect good, we'll get to that. Not in a bad time. call. Well, yeah. we'll come back to that. But this this feels like uh, this feels like the anti Malik. Like this the anti Malik. This in, isn't. Uh, it's it's pure Malikian, except it's, it's theoretical. It, <laughs> but does it exist? Indeed. But isn't it like? Is there any more of a diversion in TV terms than say the episode about the fly and Breaking Bad? I mean, hmm. do you and know? I, isn't it like a, that? That has nothing to do with the overall narrative, and, but as a pleasing diversion. And Lynch is very season. much a fan of Breaking Bad, and in fact, I, I don't see anybody that, arguing for the that the fly episode yeah. as a film. I'll argue. Yeah. Well, maybe not, but God, the fly is still one of the best things I've ever seen. In and I mean, I wonder if, and part of me wonders if that, like, we had Amy Shields on. She talked about how that was improvised around the sure. sort of stage light nearly dropping on on Robert. Well, not nearly dropping, dropping on Robert Neffler. But part of me wonders if the solution to that was down to Lynch having watched Breaking Bad and being like, well, you know that episode of Breaking Bad where nothing really happens and the audience got really infuriated about it. And you know how that's kind of maybe the mood I'm trying to capture with some of this. Let's just go for it. Yep. Let's do that 18 times. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, but it, it is very much that. But you were talking about, sorry, the anti-Malik. Mm. Right when my mouth is full of pie. <laughs> this is a full of pie cast. Be thankful this is just an audio experience. You really don't need the visuals on this one. Well, I was about to take a picture. Um. <laughs> we can't take pictures because Dar- Darren was very warm and has taken off all his clothes, including the daffodil costume. <laughs> I was, I was not expecting a Brazilian, <laughs> quite frankly. Well, thank yeah. you. Um, but yeah, so let's talk about Looks episode well. yeah. Let's talk about episode eight, Hit maybe, it. which is what Hit we're it. supposed to do. Sorry. My mouth uh, is now empty, yeah. and, except now I'm about to project from it. What the hell? Uh, words. No, <laughs> words. Those. Yeah. Uh, so what I meant, what I meant was when I said anti-Malikian, is that the the form that uh, is much the same, like it, the the central part of episode eight when the nuclear blast goes off, and what follows is very much like designed like the uh, birth sequence, the birth of the universe sequence from Tree of Life. Yeah. Similar special effects. Uh, colourful explosions all that kind of yeah. thing 
But whereas Malik presents that with a sense of hope and looking forward to the future, this feels like the birth of something inherently and purely evil, which I'm not necessarily going to go into too much because I know that's the theme of another uh, hour of this podcast later, later on. on. But yeah. But but I mean, you can't, but no, you can't talk about it. But yeah, it, no. And, and well, I that's the thing about Twin Peaks, whether the original series or the return, you cannot escape the evil that is present in the world. Yeah. I mean, while I no doubt that David Lynch is a man who hopes for, who has hopes for a peaceful world, he knows, indeed, fully believes that this there is evil in the world that is very real and it has come from a place yeah. that is most likely designed by humans themselves. We have only ourselves to blame for the misery we inflict upon ourselves. Happy Saturday night, folks. <laughs> I mean, well, that, that, that is very much it. Like, a bob is the evil that men do. And so it makes sense that he is tethered to the atomic bomb, which exploded, I think, a year before Lynch was bo- born. And so overshadows kind of so much of his work. Um, it is worth noting, actually, and this is one of the interesting sort of things that I've, I've read. I'm not sure entirely to what extent I agree with it. But the argument is that it may be... This is one of the rare pieces of Lynch's work that actually unfolds in the 50s as opposed to just evoking it. On the Air is the other one, the sitcom with Mark Frost, which he did, I believe, is set in the 50s after the Second World War. Never thought. But in terms of Lynch's actual filmography, this is, like, the only yeah, time... Yeah, I mean, really Blue Velvet certainly evokes it. Oh, in yeah. the 80s, yeah, yeah. but it's very yeah, set contemporaneously. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's, like, the only time that he's sort of done that without, like, with by actually literally going back, yeah. um, as opposed to nostalgically invoking well, it. But I think it's really interesting that, and I think explicitly as well I think it touches upon particularly around the nuclear explosion and nuclear testing it's the first time it's it, it's sort of somewhat political interesting in, in terms of uh, like it seems to be you know it's it's aimed in kind of I think there's a militaristic kind of thing there that you could extrapolate if okay, you so wanted this, in terms of I think what Lynch might be the first time he's explicitly saying in America, because he's been exploring America and violence in America for a long time, mm-hmm. and the evil that's done in America and in on in violent terms in small towns or wherever, and this might be saying on a larger scale, this is the damage that's done in the US, and like what they did in America was testing for what they're going to do abroad, yeah, and what the continual threat of a nuclear thing. I mean, he would have grown up on there like the Cuban Missile Crisis and stuff like that yeah. at the time. So I think this might be a, a, one of the first kind of direct references to that, maybe. I'd, I'd agree with you there. Yeah. I, and, and, and I think it's not just in, in, in episode eight either. I think he, he, he tries to make that point a few times yeah, about, about, about the mm. kind of prevalence of, of violence in, 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 in America. Yeah. And about like where you have the, the conversations that, that Hutch and Chantal have. Yeah, about well, it's, it's just like like the, the the it's it's part of the American identity. I mean, people came over and we killed all the Indians, yeah. didn't we? It's it's been there since the beginning, almost. Mm, you know, the yeah. sort of primal kind of violence uh, running through kind of um, um, American Holocaust. Yeah, yeah. and he's very uh, aware of it. I think Lynch, and he's very aware of, and I mean, even Hawk uh, as a character, and you know. That even the log lady directly says to him, you know, you'll find a clue to something missing, and it's directly related to your heritage. Yeah, mm. really, kind of gets at that kind of the, ori- the where does Hawk come from? Who's and then, he, and then it ends up do? being this small little coin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah it's yeah. sort of like tacky appropriation of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. With the chief, uh, yeah, kind of the, the, the silhouette yeah, with yeah, the yeah, yeah. like, even when it dares to try and offer a place to somebody of native heritage, it just the fact that it gets reduced to that, it's. It's pointed. It's pointed yeah. commentary. I yeah. mean, I, there's a great moment in season two, and I think it's, is it in the episode where Leyland commits suicide or the episode where the killer is revealed? So it might be the Lynch episode, I'm not sure. But where um, where sort of uh, Lucy's sister has come to visit. 
yeah. and she's and she's talking. She's very you know stereotypical white guilt, and she's talking to Hawk, and she's like, "You must hate us after all that we did to your people." And Hawk's response is, "Some of my best friends are white," um, and it's kind of interesting. Like, there's a really great. Um, there's a lot of discussion around Lynch's treatment of race and stuff like that. And being entirely honest, there's a really good piece I think in New York Magazine or Vulture. We might tweet it out after this, but it argues that like Lynch doesn't generally deal with race all that much. But that's probably a good thing because his tendency to deal with otherness means that his otherness is inherently white. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'd rather see people steer clear to a certain degree rather than stumble around. And just that kind of accusation has been laid at kind of that generation of filmmakers. Yeah, so Martin Scorsese's Scorsese's got it as well. I'd I'd rather see... Stick into what you know rather yeah. than ham-fisted attempts to try crowbar stuff in. Exactly. I mean, because uh, it'd be awful. It can be it would. Awful. Uh, like at best, it should be it should just smack of virtue signaling, and at worst, it would be incredibly ham-fisted as to be offensive. And I think Lynch is somebody who definitely. I mean, Lynch's interest is more looking at the white experience of what well, he looks at white treatment of those others as opposed to those others. If he wants to let those others tell their stories fine that's probably the best thing because yes. and I can't imagine what if it, what he'd do with that it's funny in, 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 in the first episode as well there's a lot of this kind of oh it's 2017 now sort of sort mm. of stuff like but but I know we're talking about episode 8 but uh, going going, we'll going um, when when it's but in, in terms of his treatment of women there is that conversation between uh, between Ben and Jerry Horn, mm-hmm. when um, oh, in he, the in the in the room, it's yeah, like the, the and and he's saying, uh, who, yeah, he's he's saying, who's the girl? Yeah, and yeah. he's like, and then he's like, oh, sorry, uh, who's the woman? He he remembers that. Oh, yeah, yeah, I shouldn't call her a girl. Yeah, I should. Yeah. And have you banged her yet? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Where 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 it's this kind of a acknowledgement that kind of like society has come on without without him trying to kind of. Uh, without forcing it on the characters yeah or make some sort of a treatise on it yeah Uh, I mean there are moments where it it seems very much like it has moved on like I'm thinking the Denise the treatment of Denise which is wonderfully affecting where she shows up open your heart that's it yeah where he says like where I told those clown colleagues of yours to change their hearts or die Um, and there's something very sweet about that in fairness to Lynch I, I think he's not bad in women and we'll get to that in the context of I think the question that you were asking everyone at the end of the yeah. thing, because I've uh, kind of my pitch on it would be around that. Um, well, you and you and Phil have uh, volunteered to stick around for a couple of hours. We, actually, we, so we're, yeah, we're until, really, until really kick us out. What? Man. <laughs> <laughs> until all the pie is gone, then I'm out of here. <laughs> watch me go. But uh, yeah, sorry. But I watched I watched uh, episode eight today back to back. Um, I I watched it first without right and down without kind of thinking about it. Just let it wash over me in the way it can because there's some extraordinary interludes and music mm-hmm. and effects and all the rest of it. And then I watched it again to kind of take some notes on it. And what really struck me just as a kind of opening kind of bit to kick out is that we there's a lot of talk, and it's been talking today because I've been listening to quite a bit of the podcast about the kind of around the golden age of TV and what Twin Peaks has influenced and all that kind of stuff. Like, you know, you wouldn't get certain shows without it. You wouldn't get, uh, yeah. like, say... Breaking Bad, Breaking Bad Surround, but even the X Files, Big Example, Northern Exposure, Picket Fences. That's true. Yeah. And like, and what 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 Lynch got away with on network television in, in the, the early nineties is pretty full on. I mean, mm. it's not to the point now where Hannibal or whatever other show you can kind of say. But I think there's a lot of pressure on Lynch in the other way now, coming back with return because we were, I remember discussing it before it came it was shown that I was just happy to see Lynch direct again. And if you're getting eighteen hours of Lynch directing. Mm. There was worried. There was genuine worry that it was going to be terrible. That would be me. Yeah, right I, I, here. I, I was the exact same thing. I was, I was terrified. I yeah. just thought 
Yeah, it may be Lynch directing again, but what's he directing? And that's and then my my thinking is of like all the TV that he's influenced is all behind him, and they're watching him to see yeah. how do you top something like that? How do you have because everything is Lynchian to a certain degree now. Yeah. Uh, a lot of TV is Lynchian, a lot of film mm-hmm. is. Well, and the, and uh, episode eight to me, and a lot of other episodes, well, not just specifically because we are talking about this episode, episode um, is an astonishing kind of showcase for what he what he what yeah. he can do, yeah. and like what he still can do. And he's like he's not that young a man. Like I mean, no, he's, he's like, you know, 70, yeah, yeah. And like and it's an extraordinary thing to watch. I, I love that thought that you know he's just making this and like. And just thinking to himself, a lot of stuff is Lynchian, but there's only one Lynch, mother effers. But he's right. But, well, like, I mean, he's absolutely right. Yeah. Because there there was re- the- oh my goodness, it just it's astonishing that this episode. I can't wait to actually talk about it. There was this really great uh, moment where sort of Andrew was watching the show, and he was like, he remarked watching the second season, like you can tell when Lynch is gone and everybody's oh. trying to do Lynch, yeah, yeah. Oh, and yeah. then you can tell immediately oh, when Lynch is back. Yeah, yeah. It's a yeah, control of tone and awareness yeah. of exactly what he, yeah. you're seeing is meant to be. And episode eight Except is, is, no substitute. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> episode 8 is very much that. There's a lot of Lynch's sort of material and influences there. It's a very sort of like a subset almost. It goes back to black and white and the style yeah. of a razor head and stuff like, like that. It's got, yeah. It, it, it's like we were saying with Norma's pies. <laughs> like they're, they're, and, and Other people have the ingredients but yeah, uh, yeah. not by putting them but, together but right. even like I, I watched it twice when it came out because I was watching week by week when it was shown at the time it came out and then I watched episode 8 again a day or two later just to kind of yeah. but I hadn't seen it since so today yeah. was the first time I'd watched it since was it last year was it 2017 2017 2017 Jesus and what struck me today is that it kind of starts like a normal episode. I'd kind of forgotten that because your brain gets yeah. overtaken yes. by uh, Same thing. The, 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 nu- the nuclear blast and the various other things that happen after. But you forget that it actually starts in a kind of absurdly banal way with they're driving on the car. Which Ray is and, the, th- yeah. and the thing is, Ray and Mr. Coop, C. Coop. what's banal in this show is <laughs> a doppelganger of an established character being driven around by his henchman who's about to kill him. Yes. Except, of course, he can't die. But Banality, they, don't you love but it? But even before uh, that, though, it's like you know, losing the tracking say, yeah, signals. There's, there's three yeah. tracking things. It's so, it's it's, so bizarrely nonsensical. <laughs> yeah. Drive up behind the truck. That's ordered. That's pure lynching. That's great. It doesn't matter. It absolutely doesn't matter. He's in prison and he just dials the phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Said like change the station. No, not not to that one. This one. Once he creates something like that. Once he creates, once Lynch creates a world, he can do bloody anything in it, really, and you'll accept it because it has a. Not necessarily always a dream-like purpose, but it certainly has a, a heightened weirdness yeah. that you can get away with so much. You can just uh, tree-track it. They're big, chunky buttons. Like, tracking. <laughs> somebody's like, designed oh, an app. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like Ray And came. it's remarkably banal, but it's brilliant in its yeah. uh, thing. And then it cuts to that shot where you see the best thing Lynch ever does in life, in my opinion, which is watch headlights going down dark roads, which is utterly oh, frightening. And, and yes. every film I've seen it, and every TV show he's done, it, it's remarkable way. to watch. Yeah. The way that, that that road changes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And they pull off right in the highway, and we'll come along here, and then it gets, it gets darker, so it's kind of yeah. murkier. Kind of I mean, and, and it happens even again, like it's telling with the introduction of like Mr. C, is, yeah. is that shot of the dark road yeah. with like that remix playing sort of in the background. It's, yes. Yeah. I, like, I, I, and, that's the thing, it's just... 
What what is this? And before we like while we're talking about like that structural element that is often overlooked. You're right. When people talk about episode eight, it's like the nuclear bomb, the 2001 homages. Yeah, yeah. And the conversation the, has happened yeah. around that, and it's kind of and the rest of it's not forgotten. Yeah. But certainly, there's more to it, and the setups are really nice. But I kind of I wonder like it reminds me a bit of like yeah. we talked about Firewalk with Me earlier yes. today, yeah, where Firewalk with Me has the 25 minute segment at the first at the start that most people either it's the only thing you talk about or you don't talk about it at all with because Chris, so, with Chris Isaac completely. I like it. I enjoyed it. I really, really like it. I really love that bit. Yeah, I I got into it, but it's it's just so at odds with everything else that follows re Laura Palmer. But it's Lynch just saying, listen. I'm going to lose the casuals here and the return has a bit of that as well it's like oh, if you can get past this <laughs> you're with me on the long haul you're a proper yeah. fan, or else <laughs> like, you're gone you're like, as, far yeah. as, re- as far as the return goes I mean anybody who watched uh, anything that Lynch made post the original Twin Peaks should not have been surprised by yeah. its yeah. form no. or necessarily its content Inland Empire is everything but, you need to know abs- to yeah but how many of here's a fun game for you to play at home folks watch Inland Empire and see how long you can actually follow the plot. It's three hours long. My current record is just under an hour. See I'm if you can beat probably that. around the same, and it doesn't matter. And I've seen it. it is it okay if I don't play this game? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take six months off before yeah. you can yeah. just watch right. forty That's hours. It, I'd yeah. love to see. I'd love to. Watch. I want the seventeen-hour, eighteen-hour podcast on the Inland Empire next year. Because hey, the 250 has taught me anything. It's fun watching movies with people who haven't seen them before. Oh, oh yeah. no, it's yeah. great. Like That's I, what I'm here for. To know <laughs> <part of it. laughs> should have been filming Andrew and his just watch his it. I would have watched it. Um, but yeah, to get back to episode eight then and just sort of mm. talk about that, because we have the sequence where like Ray shoots Coop. And it's, yes. and it's like, yeah, it's such a kind of tip stereotypical kind of gangster oh thought you've got one over on me yeah. blah 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 uh, bang the, you're the, dead the gun's empty uh, and, yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, you and didn't then, count on the ghost hobos did you yeah. yes then come the ghost hobo <laughs> yeah right that's, but that's where the episode really kicks off yeah. in the context oh, yeah. of how people talk about yeah. it yeah like that's kind of flashing imagery the nine the inch nails yeah uh, yeah the, the ghost hobos they were appearing and they consume what precisely do they consume? Are they like Cooper? they're doing like CPR? It's it looks kind like of a, it a gory like, CPR. Yeah, it does look like that initially, and then it's like, are they killing him? <laughs> <And> <laughs> I'm not really like, sure what to do. It's kind of aggressive like, CPR. Yeah. It's really they're aggressive. not stopping yeah. the bleeding. No, no, no. They they're they're, they're <laughs> taking more yeah. blood yeah. out. And they like, must be trying to remove bullets or something. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, and yeah. then uh, just then what Darren mentioned. You mentioned the Nine Inch Nails. Up until that point, the episodes have always ended with guest music appearances. Yes. So you have the likes of say. The chromatics, Eddie so Vedder. Yeah, the chromatics. You have the Cactus, the Cactus Brothers. You yeah. have uh, what's Orivas Simone, Simone, Sharon Van Etten. Uh, you have uh, yeah, Trouble with by Snake Eyes, Sean Five, which is the exception. Yep. You have uh, a sometimes uh, violent yet flammable world. Do you want yeah. to have a look? No, it's all right. I mean, oh, so you've got those. Like all the episodes up to that point, they have a guest appearance. Yeah. All handpicked by Lynch. Special musical guest. Yeah. Yeah. And then they're, they're, but they're always showy, at the end. aren't they? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, they're we're, sure, but we're gonna talk in a little while about how the Roadhouse books these acts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. that's <laughs> what's the capacity? That's the what big. You can afford nine inch nails. That's the biggest mystery of the show. Indeed. Forget about episode eight. <laughs> um, like, I don't like the Roadhouse, but, but I'd like to work with Lynch. But they always come at the end of the episode, and then suddenly, less than a third of the way into this episode, the nine inch nails. There's there's Reznor, skin edited as you like, beard on, suits it perfectly. And, it's, and they perform She's Gone Away as if like, oh, hi, this is totally <laughs> isn't about Laura Palmer or anything. And they build this out and the crowd are loving it. But it just, no more than episode eight in the series, 
that appearance of the song just disrupts the flow of the episode. Andrew, we've received a correction. It was not Eddie Vedder. Eddie Vedder. It was Edward Lewis Severson the Third. There is an appearance by Eddie Vedder. No, that is that is how he's credited. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. sorry. Oh, wow. <laughs> sorry, but anyway, sorry. You were also, saying. fantastic. Point, Thank point you. Point out that as well that the Nine Inch Nails essentially resurrect Coop. Because as soon as a smash cut <laughs> yeah. after and he sits up, he's like, whoa, that music, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, really got to go. But I mean, it, kinda, it does set the tone. Yeah, it does. Oh, episode yeah. Eight, it's true. Like, it it feels like a music that shouldn't video. work. Yeah. It really shouldn't be <laughs> in there. Yet. And it shouldn't be at that point. But because it's Nine Inch Nails, it's perfectly pitched. The song is perfectly pitched. Everything about it is like, and they see, they're introduced as well because they're royalty, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I know like, is proud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that the MC's first appearance, I think? It might be. Yeah, and it it's says one of D Nine Inch Nails as well, which is great. It's, it's also funny to me just the thought of David Lynch being a Nine Inch Nails fan. I know mean, he's worked with Reznor a lot over the years, yeah. but it's just like, yes, I'm a big fan of their lyrics. I want to, I want to do, make sexy time with you like an animal. Yes, this speaks to me. Uh, I, it's I, really, can I just point really out as well, just because we might move past that, but just before it, Mary, <laughs> we Woodsman, might. Uh, <laughs> Jay has actually done prep for this. I have this an idea. The woodsmen arrive and trying yeah. to rescue Coop and wherever yeah. I bad Coop. But there's that Extremely kind of... Extremely aggressive CPO, you know the way, is what we're calling In this episode particularly, but it happens a bit <laughs> in the show, but it's... Um, the sound goes off. And that yeah. niche is very good at sound, as it always has been. But the, Ray is screaming, but the screams have this kind of muffled effect and the lady in the car later on has it as well yeah, it's kind of slowed down and distorted and, and all the while there's like a distort radio yeah. distortion over the yeah and the it's, sound it's, that's at that moment you know something is really going on it's that moment that i kicks in and i'm like right this is this isn't going to be just your average not no. average I, lynch normal stuff <laughs> but like, in the relative terms that <laughs> it is I actually <laughs> so we had donald on he was like yeah within yeah. normal bounds of yeah lynch. with, with <laughs> yeah exactly this is going to be something else do you Indeed. know how incongruous the nine inch nail uh <laughs> the nine inch nails um appearance was how incongruous that was i have written kind of notes on part eight like not like proper notes but just written things down i wrote down nine inch nails and then when i was looking at it a second time it's like no that doesn't belong in, in part eight <laughs> i must have been writing about part seven went over onto the other page <laughs> and, like, because they're not gonna they're yeah, not. Yeah. um when i was watching it earlier today i just since we're talking just about the music yeah. um uh, just, I had the uh, the uh, subtitles on, and there was the scenes early on where they're driving up the road. Like yeah. Jay said, you all you see is like the headlights. No one does that better than Lynch, no. but um, constantly. And I imagine it's all the way through the series. You get a subtitle like foreboding atmospheric <laughs> music <laughs> or ominous atmospheric yeah. music. Sixty percent of the show. Oh, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, but, I mean, uh, it's ominous whooshing is the uh, the audience's favorite here of the That's bunch. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I mean, we all adore Lynch, but where would he be without Angelo, Angelo Battlementi? Let's oh, face it. Listen, uh, no but um, yeah, but that's that's the next hour, I believe. Uh, anyway, uh, it's just it's all the time, just whether in the soundtrack or the soundscapes. Like you were saying with Donald earlier, it's his use of sound is something else. Unparalleled. Yeah. Would, it's just, it's, he yeah. folks on the things that you don't expect or that you don't, or you think shouldn't even be there. Like, why is radio distortion over a scene where a couple is being pulled over by these ghosts, these cannibalistic ghosts? Yeah. <laughs> God <laughs> light. Also, his absence of sound as well, his use of silence where it's almost like in a vacuum. Yeah. And it is, is really good. It almost pulls away from your ears. You can yeah. almost feel it. Like, yeah. you know, when, we, when we get to the room in the place above the Purple Sea, yeah. and we go into the room, and there's a lady on the couch, yeah. and the big bell jar thing, and all <laughs> you hear is... 
the ringing out of it yeah. in this like a Morse code almost yeah. but it's, it's between those kind of dings that it lets out you feel like you're waiting for something yeah. like the like the most pregnant of pregnant like these Paul pregnant pauses are about so to labour yeah. in that regard like Oh, but yeah. it's Lynch all over again. And, and I mean, like we, yeah. we talked about, like that introductory shot. The first time you go back to Twin Peaks is like shot at a distance with the sound barely audible of Jacoby taking delivery of those like uh, <laughs> the shovels. The shovels. Yeah. But it's like you have no context for it. But like the sound or the lack of sound Showing becomes a character shovels. of itself. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, like, and this is the thing with with episode eight and the sound design because it's absolutely amazing. It has the uh, Threnody for the Victims of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Uh, by Christoph Penderecki. Again, this is like the anti-Malik thing where you had like um, Zvignev Preisner's um, uh, the, the, the Lacrimosa from his uh, funeral for a friend, which is this, which is something sad, but at the same time there's something glorious and uplifting and heavenly about it. Whereas this is just dissonant, violent screeching. Yeah. Start to finish, which is pretty typical of Penderecki, actually. It's a very dissonant and very difficult composer to listen to sometimes. But that's it. I mean, besides the thematic logic of a piece that is dedicated to the victims of Hiroshima, it's just, it absolutely captures what is clearly Lynch's fear of the nuclear threat. Yeah. Um, it should be noted, by the way, I have a sampling here of the like linear notes for it. The piece's unorthodox, largely symbol-based score sometimes directs the musicians to play at various unspecific points in their range or to concentrate on certain textural effects. They are directed to play on opposite sides of the bridge or to slap the body of the instrument. Um, so it's like a, it's, a, it's a piece of music that's written that you can't really play as a piece of music, which is remarkable. Yeah, okay. That's interesting. I'd love to see an orchestra perform that live. That's all I could tell you, because that would be... It would be different. It would be different every time, I imagine. Yes, that that's it. It's sort of it's spontaneous, and because you're encouraged to sort of do that, it's yeah. But that's what I, I suppose I like about the the, the exploding the explosion in New Mexico. It's for Lynch, who kind of trades in the kind of um, vague and unexplained and everything. It's very specific. It gives a date, time. It does. Yeah. It's yeah, the know. only time in the, yeah, in the in series, any, I think, yeah, that yeah. it gives you. I, like and it does it later on then for when it's it fast when it forward to forward. 11 Six, years, yeah. sticks forward. And I, I think Lynch is, and that's what get back to the military thing I said earlier, I think Lynch is making a point here. And, he, and it is very pointed about a specific event. And he is not suggesting for a second that the end of World War II was when evil started in no, America no. or the world. Oh, heavens, but no. in, a, in a modern age, it's probably a pinpointed where technology... Uh, kind of intersects in a way that could end the world in one one fell one, swoop. one swoop, and yeah. I think that's where he's getting at. Like, and men, it's the scale and it's the of destruction has changed, yeah. now has gone up, kind of is upscaled from somebody shooting somebody to somebody pressing a button and exploding everything. And I think Lynch is very much getting at that. Yeah, I and agree. It, I mean, there's the inclusion of that. That is, it's it's not there in a vacuum. No, it's, it's not. I, and he's very, it's very pointed. And and, and again, clear. like Lynch. In terms of his politics, oh, I use that word, but uh, it's it's just that he never gets particularly specific beyond broad no, no. swipes at Americana. But yeah. this this does feel a bit more like it's coming from a genuine fear for the world. Yeah, like the idea that like he links the birth of the atom bomb to Bob, which, uh, as we know, is the the, evil the, the embodiment of evil within yeah. the show. Yeah. yeah, so linking that to what Lynch feels is something inherently evil I mean he's basically saying this is wrong in every conceivable possible way as Bob is and I'm afraid of this 
it yeah. was in the past, but oh, there is a fear. It's, just, it's terrifying yeah. say it's, because it's terrifying. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, you know, it's, and, and like, like he's, he's talked about, it. he's talking yeah. about like growing up on under that shadow. Yeah, but at the, at the same time, he's he's not like an anti uh, Herzog, where he's like technology is terrible, not no, nature. no, to be absolutely the, yeah, no, be, no. Be, be, because it's kind of like all of those uh, terrifying things, kind of in the woods, kind of um, are primal. Well, I mean, that, yeah. that's the whole argument. That and again, it's worth noting this piece, I believe, was used in The Shining as well by Kubrick, and I suspect this will bring us around to talking about 2001: Space Odyssey. Yeah. But that's also like one of the recurring motifs of The Shining is this idea that America is a haunted house. It's a graveyard, that there's something lurking and in the wilderness. Or around. primal, yeah, that needs mm. to be unleashed. Because that's the thing, the woodsmen don't come into being with the with the break of the atomic bomb. And now, you know, Mark Frost has written, you know, he's, he's sort of speculating that they might be related to some piece of the uh, lore that he's written about in the unofficial history of the secret dossier or whatever. But like in the context of the show, they're presented as, and I think it's Todd Vanderwerf at Vox described them. It's not like they disappear into the darkness. They are the darkness. Mm. And there's well, this... They're born in it. They live in it. You yeah. can see it. Like, they come out of it. You merely adopted it. the dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I live there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to hold up a uh, mug when you... You merely adopted the darkness. I was born in it. I knew you'd get an Nolan reference in somewhere. I'm very impressed. And it totally took eight and a half hours. Yeah, It's funny you say that because, like, I think in a similar way, like, Nolan uses, like, Bane and what and his masquerade of, you know liberating the people in fact he's actually just going to kill them in a similar way he's projecting a fear of his own in the way that Lynch does with the nuclear threat in Twin Peaks I think yeah I can see that listeners want an hour of Bane impressions I don't think we can do that well here's just one more for you dear I'll just give you I'll just have a basically Bane slash Darth Vader they all sound the same just cup your hands over your <laughs> and say something I in the shadows what, why is Christopher it's Walken playing Bane oh, oh. walking here sorry that's different oh <laughs> Listeners, you asked for this, yeah, just to remind um. you. But, yeah, but in, in, term, in terms of that, though, there is this sense of like America as a, as a haunted house and something. And I think Andrew's right that it's not a fear of technology. And there's like one of the interesting. No, no, I no. absolutely love the sequence where, like, I think it's after Bobby Briggs is introduced in episode four, where it's like you've had Twin Peaks, you've met the sheriff, it looks the same as it was, and they just go backstage, and there's this whole room full of people actually doing police work and responses, and like manning desks and taking calls. It looks far bigger than a budget would allow in a small <laughs> town, but yeah. <laughs> That but like, mind, but like Lynch true. is Lynch is not afraid of like technology as much as you know no, 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 do- as no. much as Mr. C might dominate it. I, mean, I think they realised that there was a Buffy the Vampire Slayer Hellmouth, so they maybe thought like, increase in budget. Yeah, we, 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 we might give some more money. To <laughs> Twin Peaks Sheriff Department. It would be very unlikely that there would be any fear of technology on Lynch's part, considering that in the mid noughties especially around the time of Inland Empire, he was just shooting film. They yeah. shooting digital. Right? He was shooting digital. I mean, he's also one of the first podcasts his famous weather broadcast which we'll see if we can include in the show notes where he would actually yeah but he like north at sea south at sea (laughs) rising slowly but like the listeners have asked for less (laughs) 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 sorry no no I joke also it's worth pointing out in terms of mentioning the military and mentioning technology I I, I think he's I think you're all correct I don't think he's afraid of technology but he I think what he's saying is if technology hadn't come along and built help build this bomb yeah. people would have found another way to destroy everything because yeah. we find a way to yeah, destroy like everything artificial you know? intelligence yeah, or <laughs> artificial intelligence or a big super axes or whatever <laughs> like we would have found something we, 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 you know. 
with help from nuclear bombs. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and we've, we've talked about this on the podcast a little bit already, but like in terms of episode eight, okay, well, let's just jump into the 2001 references. Because, like, I mean, Matt Sollers Eats, who's one of the great television critics, he has is. argued that, uh, like, this is one of the few times he's seen something that can equal 2001 The Space Odyssey in terms of, like, just scale and yes. ambition and, like, head explodingness. Uh, this is, I that's, think. That, I don't think that's an actual quote. Yeah. No, but it's. Uh, it's it's hard to argue with. I mean, the, I'm just looking at the response we've been getting in on our Mixler feed, uh, just people are clamoring just to say, yeah, it's 2001, it's 2001. And it, like, the post-explosion Technology's scene. great, by the way. It's marvellous. Yeah. But tangents, damn it, Darren. Um, train of thought, train of thought. Um, yes, uh, 2001. So there's the moments post the mushroom cloud where yeah. we're diving inside the part yeah. that I always, which just struck me as very ma- Malick tree of life, yeah. the birth of the universe. But I think that might be the part that people are referring to in that it's use of color. It's very much like the sequence with um, Kira Delia in yeah. towards the end of 2001 going on. The Stargate, isn't it? The Stargate. Yeah. There's, there's this red kind of dots coming towards the screen yeah. in a Stargate way a little later on in that sequence. That but there's also tunnels of fire and yeah. stuff like that, yeah. which are like a birthing canal yeah. and stuff. It's... I give I give him a lot of credit for making um, that sort of stuff so kind of compelling and engaging. Because yeah. I'm on the kind of lower end of the spectrum when it when it <laughs> when it when it comes to my kind of tolerance of art as film directors. Yeah, yeah. And, like, and, and, uh, the, there's a reason like, that we're having Donald Clark and John McGuire on to talk about the next Tarkovsky film we're covering. <laughs> exactly, because <laughs> I I fell I and and I think I think 2001: Space Odyssey a great movie. I, I genuinely like it, but, but I have never stayed awake for the entire thing. That includes the episode we did covering it, which is remarkable. I don't <laughs> think I missed brilliant, anything. Because I asked, what did I miss? And I was like, oh, I <laughs> Just know that. Of bright colors. I've, yeah. seen, I've, seen, I, I've seen that part of the movie then. But I didn't fall asleep during this. Yeah. There, were, there, were, there, were, there was a moment where when it was going down to the line and I was thinking, like, do I need to fast forward a little bit? But I don't, not for, not for episode eight. I think Darren saw me like uh, uh, slyly kind of fast forwarding through a bit I, I think it's the it's the thing my brother read American Psycho and skipped the bits where he talks about clothes Skip, <laughs> skipping <laughs> skipping Lynch um, you can't skip sk- you just yeah. can't do it yeah, yeah. yeah. The, like all of this slow atmospheric um, like ominous kind of scenes when well. nothing yeah. is happening yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and are so compelling yeah but and, it, and, and, and that's what's to his credit that he, he can do that and do it well. I had written down kind of like Lynch nonsense greater than Tarkovsky nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's greater than El Topo. Like. I, want a, I want a top 10 t- nonsense list from you. <laughs> <laughs> and and also sort of ranked nonsense. Yeah. And a big <laughs> shout out to the 250 episode all about Tarkovsky's stalker. <laughs> yeah. The reason that we have guests on the podcast now, <laughs> yeah, single-handedly. So. <laughs> um, the reason that we invite guests on. But uh, to get back to talking about episode eight and particularly that sequence, right? Um, one of the interesting things about this, we talked about this a little bit before, but like the special effects on the return run the gamut in terms of quality and in terms of technique. And it's interesting because, it, again, and this is Andrew and myself joking about whether or not we make exceptions for directors uh, in terms of their, their craft, and their ability. But it's very clear what Lynch is trying to do. There's an element where like episode eight is one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen on television in terms of like that atomic bomb explosion but even the sequence with the frog moth at the end is fantastic yes. yeah. and there's also 
one thing Lynch does really well is he uses low-key effects very effectively. I'm thinking things like the little lights dancing across the screen at the start of the Stargate, not the Stargate sequence, but the atomic bomb sequence. Yeah. But even things like when the got a light man is uh, attacking the radio station and he's splitting people's heads open. Oh, that's cool, sounds, by the way. Yeah, those sounds, what? Crunches. <laughs> squelching crunches. Oh, or crunchy oh, squelching. <laughs> yeah, I'd agree. But also, um, the, the technique done, like the way that it's just, shaking, he just judders the, the film. Yeah. He really yeah, just yeah, judders the it's, film. It's, it's, it's amazing. School, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not even like visual effects as we think of it. I mean, like it's not CG or anything. That is just a trick of the camera. Similarly, um, in the wake of the um, of the mushroom cloud, there's also those shots at the ghostly convenience store. Yeah, and it's just random shots of people approaching it, leaving it, smoke emanating from it, just reversed, cut together, yeah. re and reversed, and. It, and the most thing I could think of when I saw this was this is literally images from my nightmares because of course nightmares are never going to play out straight yeah. in fact you know they sometimes go reverse and they chop and they this and the that but those just those shots and even just the look of you know got a light that yeah. guy yeah. But it's all so it, it feels very by the way it was a Lincoln impersonator it isn't just that he happens yeah, to look yeah. like Lincoln he, he's his job is uh, it's Robert Bronsky I believe his name is well, there yeah, Bronsky, he, he did a great job speaking <laughs> as another Lincoln impersonator well, but he was at a party again, with Darren like, as, yeah. Abraham as Lincoln. Lincoln vampire killer was vampire Andrew's killer, costume yeah. very specific because it was a heroes and villains thing and I was like well I Abraham Lincoln like isn't Abraham really Lincoln. a hero he's not a hero unless he kills vampires yeah anyway sorry Phil we got off what's really interesting about a lot of the thing and you know the gas station sequence that follows yes. that yes. Right? the convenience store yeah, the convenience store kind of the fast forwarding the kind of speeding the kind of going back and flickering black and, and white and yeah. that sequence and then the following sequence Philip already referenced in terms of the uh, the, the kind of thing on top of the water the kind of castle type thing or yeah. whatever, I don't know what you describe it as the mouth sea you know it's yeah. on top oh, of the mouth it's, it's sea kind of a, the, the I don't know I'd call it a ca- yeah. call it a castle in the sky yeah, for yeah. The, but those two sequences what I think are really interesting and the woodsman pays into this well that I was thinking about today is that Lynch would, is probably one of the great contemporary directors that would have survived and not only survived but flourished in silent era cinema here, yes. here. Yeah, because yeah. the black and white in it it's it's not just you know where you love filmmakers say oh yeah I filmed it's this color, just turned to black and white or I did the name no. or whatever yeah. the thing. you have this to choose is, a different way yeah exactly that and you can see it in like there's even the speed up motion has that kind of 19 Tens film, you know the kind of there's a kind of juddery, yeah, yeah, yeah. shakiness to it, and then the, the even the sea being purple. You know the way you used to have those kind of saturated colours and black and white, the, the, the kind of old kind of um, yeah, oh, the colour grading, yeah, yeah, colour grading. Yeah. The, the, even the purple in the I sea kept, and the kind of yeah. I kept thinking of like early that. days of animation, maybe, even, yeah, yeah, maybe even pre Disney, something like Lottie Reiniger or something like that. That's um, it. Like Lynch is like you can see his film history. On oh, the he screen. knows like it. Yeah. He knows it, and he would have made an absolutely astounding sign of filmmaker. Because he doesn't need dialogue. You said yourself, which script is in there, uh, Twin Peaks? I, I, uh, about to say, we've, we we actually we've revealed this earlier, so there'll be a quiz. So I was you've been paying listening. attention. I was. Oh, do you know how long the script for episode uh, 12 was? Sorry, episode episode eight, eight uh, 12 was. minutes, yeah. yeah. 12 pages. Yes, 12, 12 pages, pages, sorry. Yeah, but like, there you go. I That's mean, it. the nuclear explosion sequence was half a page, um, and it took 12 to 15 minutes. Or 10 to 15 minutes. That 10 to 15 minutes from the nuclear bomb was yeah. half a page. But there you are, you see. I mean, it's all... It's like we were saying earlier. Like, Lynch just has this stuff in his head. Like, if he has the confidence to go to somebody with a script like that and say, this is what I want to do. And if somebody is just willing to say, okay, I'm willing to go with this. I suppose you have to reach a certain critical cachet to get to that yeah. point. Yeah. But this is Lynch saying, <laughs> I, I want to do this. Give me money to do this. <laughs> 
as much it's, as you can, please. Yeah. please. It's hilarious as well that we're in a radio studio talking about. <laughs> we're like, uh, no, Who's ta- coming talking in there about just now. Oh my god! Have you got a, got a light? I, has anyone got a light? Oh, seriously? I, I actually KPJ brought a light. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody easy. had a light in the episode. This. I think if somebody had just given him a light, they could have he just sort of wandered back <laughs> into the darkness. I was, I, I was thinking it was gonna like kind of clear his throat and go. Um, this is the water. This is the well. Uh, drink full of the horse and <laughs> white in the eyes. The recitation the of dark... that was um, <laughs> remarkable. Yeah. Oh, it was incredible. Oh. It's worth noting, actually, the radio studio that they built, um, apparently Lynch was so impressed with it because he just wanted it to be a small set, but they actually built in the middle of a desert a proper, almost functional radio station, which is kind of remarkable. Um, he was apparently, like, Lynch himself was sort of surprised at how amazing that level of attention and detail was in there. Yeah, I got not surprised that it looked, and even when it cuts to the garage and the diner, the they all look all beautiful and rich. Yeah, feel of that sort of real. To them, yeah, which yeah, is, is remarkable. And that song, imagine. that My Prayer by the Platters, is fantastic as well. Yeah, They're beautifully used. It's beautifully used, not least because you know it's the Platters, and yeah. they have the, such a wholesome image. Whether yeah, they're singing that or something, on like, the visuals. Any song there's I can think of, whether it's that or say um, "Smoke It's in Your Eyes," "Smoke It's in yeah. Your Eyes," something like that. Yeah, uh, it just suggests a certain. Clean, cleanliness and oh, purity it's, 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 and, this is, yeah. and as soon and as that comes up contrast with the harsh black and white God bless yeah. you Peter Deming uh, Innocence is going to die Could I mention the, um, the sequence when they're in the, the, the Castle of the Sky or whatever yes. we're calling it yes. where Well I'm, ju- I'm just a Ghibli fan so that's why Yeah I'm happy to go with that <laughs> um, Where Laura is created is, yeah. this, is this what we're saying? Like, cause that's I I don't overanalyze one, this. Yes, that's the, it's a religious thing, right? Yeah. She's yeah. going to be sent to Earth to die for Redeem her sins, sins, sins or, or whatever. Like, that's, 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 that's a way read it. Laura Palmer I mean, is Christ. It's yeah. Yeah. It's like, I mean, yeah, it is. Yeah, exactly about, that. And we talked about how like the, the influence of comic book storytelling on, on Lynch. And I mean, yeah, yeah, there's lots of great stuff in here. There's like the Mao Zone is itself drawn from a cult. It's not as if like he's just drawing from pop stuff, although he is also drawing from pop stuff. But like there is very much a sort of, a you know, I send them you. My son or daughter in this case. But isn't it um, fascinating that Lynch, who's like considered by some to be, you know, the ultimate art house filmmaker, yeah. you know, mm. makes the where he's extremely populist in his like he, he's not snobby oh, about his influences not or at whatever. Because like, I really yeah. like he, he, he loves car enough, shows, but he doesn't doesn't <laughs> get enough credit for him. He really does. He's the least insufferable kind of art house. Auteur, yeah. Oh, he is. Yeah. No, I think he is. Because he's Lars von Trier. He's not being being uh, weird, like out of any kind of sense of like pretentiousness. I or, 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 or like what he has to I, do. I like weird things because they're better. It's not uh, that they're weird. Yeah, it, it's yeah not exactly. That these things are weird. Like, I've say this about certainly Twin Peaks in particular, but a lot of Lynch stuff. It's not that it's weird. It's just that he doesn't bother to explain it. If yeah. you want to put a meaning mm. on it, off you go. Plus, it's exploring a subconscious kind of thing. Like exactly. he's not. It's, it's not it's about beyond, it straight narrative. It's beyond anyway. I mean, well, I mean. This this is a nice segue into talking about the Frogmoth. Oh, what good God. I have, this is a rare example where I can tell you exactly where Lynch pulled the image from and what he was thinking. Fantastic, of. hit me. Um, no, no, no. Mm. I want to hear what you guys think, and then I want to compare it to uh, Lynch's notes, and I just want to see how they line up. I feel like I'm cheating because I actually have the notes here. Uh, well, I yeah, feel like I'm going to really bad attest that a really I think it was. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it, it came from his childhood uh, summer spent on Mars. <laughs> You're actually closer than you think. Oh, okay. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if it's some sort of science thing in school or something like that. It, it's very much he was. He went to Europe with Jack, a fellow painter, and they caught the Orient Express in Athens, heading back to Paris. So when you got okay, okay. 
Huh? Oh, you were just listening to. Uh, no, I'm just trying to catch up on the uh, on the, uh, the, com- the comments. Um, Sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Andrew, you're here. Arsenal uh, are winning. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you're saying when Jack and I were in Europe, we caught the Orient Express in Athens to take us back to Paris. So we're going up to Yugoslavia, and it's really, really dark. At a certain point, the train came to a stop, and there was no station that we could see people. But we could see people getting off the train. They were going over to these canvas stills with dim little lights. Where they were, where there were these coloured drinks: purple, green, yellow, blue, red. But it was just sugar water. When I got off the train, I stepped onto the soft dust that was like eight inches deep, and it was blowing. And out of the earth, these huge moths, like frogs, were leaping up, and they'd fly and flip, and go back down again. So that was the frog moth. Things of this sort just sort of show up in Twin Peaks. Moths <laughs> don't lay eggs. <laughs> I don't think it's literal, Phil. Yeah. Um, what? But, but I mean... They like, lay delicious this, eggs, this is the, this You is should the go great... to Yugoslavia. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is the great thing about Lynch, and maybe why he's so ripe for this sort of thing. And again, Donald was talking about how Lynch is... Like, one of the worst things about Lynch is that you have this era of the internet where everybody wants answers, and there has to be one right way to oh, read things and all this sort of stuff. Oh, Lynch but, can't... You can't do that But that, that's you, what Lynch makes so he's great. He's inscrutable. Like, a, he won't tell you. He won't and t- B, you won't he, figure it out. So it doesn't matter. if he told you... Could never guess that in a million years. Also, he told you you wouldn't believe him. Yeah. That's the thing. He's like, if he tells you X, you go, no, it's not. No. Or even like again, we talked about like the you know the famous red room with the zigzag floor. That came to him when he touched a hot car bonnet. That's that's the origin story for <laughs> it. See, I, I don't believe, believe that. As simple as that. I believe that. I do. Like, I do. Like we're yeah. all the, considering that we're in the age of like the fear of spoilers. How on earth are people so invested in getting these? As what is? Are you all anally retentive? You probably what can't spoil Lynch though, can you? I mean, I'm not sure. This is true. Um, like, how, how could you describe it and do like, justice yeah, like, to how it? Would you tell somebody and, how would you, how what could happened? you find <laughs> out the answer <laughs> yeah. to tell someone? Yeah, I was at a we were at a funeral and we were sitting at a table and the person next to me um, was like, um, so what do you do? And I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm watching this Nolan thing, please. Um, but uh, but uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I beg, I beg your pardon. This Lynch it's thing. It's me who makes that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jesus. Um, Off I'm, brand. I'm very tired. And, uh, um, <laughs> but he he was he was saying, <laughs> oh yeah, the return. And then he gave away the the ending of it like well before. I had oh seen it. no! But it, it doesn't did, matter. It didn't matter. It doesn't matter. He was like, oh yeah, because it's like sort of like a because dream even or that because even that. That's open to interpretation. Like Lynch didn't famously and didn't care about who killed Laura Palmer to a yeah. certain degree. It didn't bother him in the slightest. It didn't bother it's only him a mystery because it was on network television as he and they had it. to have it. But it, he doesn't care. <laughs> as he described it, Laura Palmer's death was the goose that laid golden eggs. It was never meant to be solved because it was there to produce more mysteries that the audience yeah. could get invested in. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it, like it, when they it, when they turn over a stone and find a whole load of like kind of creepy crawlies yeah. underneath, yeah. I, I think he's actually used that metaphor. In that him. regard, though, then isn't isn't the the he return is... a bit of a fuck you to uh, Twin Peaks fans though, season two fans, in the sense that. She's not really dead, though, is she? Well, that's the thing. You know, it's I, like you're saying, ah, do you know screw what? you, ABC. Again, <laughs> if like. I, now I know we're talking about the last episode of No, we're not going to it. Just in gen- generic no, kind of mention. In general, it doesn't matter because it doesn't matter. It well, well, really, well, well, it's just the fact the that it's scared the Almighty Hell out of it. Oh, the, three, oh, the four right. of us actually, we're going to be asking the question of does it have to make sense and does it make? Oh, sense? well then, we'll come well, back then we leave that, that. We? But I want to say just back, back to episode eight, right? Is there an element of, and I think the answer is yes, but the meta commentary of having the fireman watching Twin Peaks, and there's a if there's this thing that runs through the fireman. 
the fireman, the, the giant. The he's never been properly. In fact, in the credits, he's just question, question mark, question mark. Question no, until mark, he's named by Freddie, I think. Freddie names him as the fireman. Hello. I, I just sorry. I thought of him. The, I thought of him as the tall man. That yeah, I, oh no, that, that's something else. But uh, yeah, but, but the sequence know, but where he goes in, he's watching the show, and he's watching what you've already watched. Like, yeah, yeah. And there's this it's like great comparison. Previously on Twin Peaks, and it happens with Andy later on, where he sees previously and accidentally sees spoilers. But it's also like except except I'm imagining that in his voice. Previously on Twin Peaks, the things I tell you. Will but not be wrong. But it is remarkable, but isn't it? Even, in an old-time movie palace kind of thing yeah, as well. Like, I mean, it's I very clearly modelled on a 1930s yeah, yeah, yeah. movie house. Yeah, yeah. And there's even this thing that runs through... Everybody's watching television there. There's a great sequence of the uh, brothers um, who are watching Candy talking to Tony yeah. when he's down, when she's talking about the version layer and air conditioning and stuff like oh, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but there's even like the sequence where uh, Mr. C shows up. Hey, Kian, how are things? How's life? How are you? Good. Um, our next guest has showed up a little bit early. Um, ha- take, take a, a seat and have some time. It, it is indeed. Well, it's very good. We're happier. To, it's better than the alternative. Yeah, but no, just grab good. grab a seat or have a light. Uh, but yeah, there's. Uh, it's like nobody's just this crumble looking one yet. Yeah, I, is it poison? I'll still try it. Oh no, the crumble's a log lady delight. Um, oh, it's got oh, almonds oh, in we there. We gotta try that. Go on, we gotta, have try <laughs> we gotta, gotta get a bit it's of that. Actually, really good. Well, well yeah, done, everyone. There's this interesting recurring motif of people watching, Watch and I mean, like before. even the sequence where like Mr. C goes to the farm. There's like an 80 inch plasma television on there that they're <laughs> watching him arrive through, and it's kind of interesting how it becomes recursive. Well, yeah. and in like episode eight is like in some ways it's a, Mark Snow, Mark Frost has described it as an origin story for Twin Peaks. Uh, which is great because it's an origin story that gives you no answers whatsoever. I think that's accurate, though. I think like yeah. this is where the evil comes from, in essence, and this is where the good was sent down from. And there's no speculation that the the young girl is um, Sarah Palmer. Sarah Palmer. Yeah, uh, that's it's. I think it's yeah. heavily. It's almost confirmed. And again, this is the thing where you have like Twin Peaks doesn't have a canon in inverted commas because like even the creators have it have different opinions on it. Lynch famously has his own take on all this sort of stuff. Um, and he's got his own like mindset about it and he'll often rewrite or improvise on the set and he'll confirm all the changes with Mark Frost over Skype but he did like Fire Walk With Me by himself because Frost didn't want to do that yeah. and Frost has the books and the books that Frost write have their own answers which don't necessarily fit with what I Lynch is I kind of like that they have and, and that kind of works it, for the show right? They have two different yeah, again yeah. like this is the theme of like we're, in the comments people are talking about like duality and doppelgangers as a theme I like that the creators of Twin Peaks could give you the same answer yeah, yeah. Yeah. like you ask the two creative minds behind the show what the have they made the bloody thing yeah. like, so Mark Frost like secret Gee, final... are you looking for answers Cut that no, out. I don't, no, but my, my, Mark Snow's like uh, sorry Mark Frost Mark. apologies Mark Snow is the guy who wrote the music for the X-Files Mark Frost's uh, final dossier Frost Snow um, but Mark Frost's sort of final dossier makes it heavily clear that it's the Sarah Palmer that the frog moth climbed into and Except whether or not that implies that said though the young actress doesn't look a thing like Grace Zabriskie yeah well I mean I think that Lynch would be quite happy to have it be vague and to remain ambiguous and although that... although I'm just thinking uh, Grace Zabriskie is also in um, Inland Empire and she has a line in it that just seems to ting- it just tingles with kind of reference to that birth of evil sequence yeah. in episode 8 evil was born and followed the boy that totally could be Twin Peaks in a nutshell, couldn't but it? isn't she? Doesn't she have that scene in the bar near the end of the show? Oh, and it, just in the it's context like the of if we are dreaming, talking, isn't yeah, it, where she takes the face, the face, off, says, face yeah. off and bites his neck. Yeah. But it's not like kind of you know that if if she is who she's supposed to be, that would reference. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's, there's again, and I don't, I don't mind. Like this is the thing where I 
don't necessarily think that there's a right answer to Twin Peaks. I, I, I don't think that there's a way to make it make sense. I, I, I actually love, it, yes. I love digging into it. I love that people think about it that way. And I love reading sort of theories and, and sort of stuff on it. And we're going to talk about whether or not it has to make any sense in a little while. But I love that like there's a debate about is... Is uh, is Sarah Palmer Judy? Is she the one that yeah. they're looking for all yeah. along? Is she like the mother of evil? Is it allegorically a representation of the fact that the home that like Coop's trying to take Laura Palmer back to, but doesn't actually exist, is corrupt anyway and is sort of rotten and sort of disgusting and sort yeah. of like kind of infected at its core? And I like that it it leaves those questions there and you can find your own answers. Again, like this is the thing why we ask and, and Keen's here now. So we're uh, going to ask him this a variation on this question at the end. Hi, Keen. Um Hello. <laughs> uh, Keen's going to talk a little bit about music in Twin Peaks. He's going to talk about the Roadhouse in particular. We Excellent. hope you figured out how they managed to book these acts. This small town <laughs> yeah. bar. That's up the in, answer we want. I mean, everything like, else. Is, again, everything else that we're talking about here is just completely incidental. <laughs> I mean, um, just to say is actually just as slightly incidental as well. The Blu-ray box set for the season is the it's stunning to look at. It's an, I mean, like I mean, I watch the TV evening. Come on, and and you're it's supposed to HD and whatever you know you get the thing, but the the actual when you see it in disc is, is incredible particularly episode 8 yeah. is astonishing on it. Yeah. like it it blows my mind I still haven't dug into any of the extra anything yet but I, I'm, that's mm, my same mission it, it just looks uh, and again I've said, I said it before I say it again God bless you Peter Deming the DOP just yeah. amazing work crisp crisp alright then um, is there anything else you want to talk about in terms of, of episode 8 because um, I mean there's just so, I actually write that I did write yeah, it's like God sending Jesus down, or yeah. you know, Jorel sending Superman. Yeah, no, it's yeah. exactly. I mean, that. that's. I mean, it's exactly quite that. plainly what it is. Yeah, and yeah. it's aiming for that. Yeah, it's very clearly sort of aspiring towards that, and I kind of I like that it does that. There's also an element of like, is this Lynch? And again, this is the question that we had, and Brian was sort of asking this earlier. If this is Lynch's final project or final big project, anyway, I, I, I don't imagine. Project, him, yeah, final. I film think project. he'll do something else. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he did. If it is, episode eight seems almost like an homage, and I think comments people are talking about how it looks like. You know, we've ignored that it looks a lot like a razor head with the black and white. And no, stuff I like think that. I think that's fine. I, I meant to get to it, but it does. It feels like a, call, a very active callback to a razor head. Yeah. I mean, when you're looking at the, um, what did you call it? The the frog moth. The frog moth. I mean, I did keep, I did start thinking about the baby in a razor head. Oh, stop. It's yeah, I know. I haven't seen uh, a razor head in about 20 years. And it's I don't really finest. want to go back to it. I'm afraid of it. I, I think it, yeah. it scarred me when I was, when I was younger and I watched it. Um, so, yeah. I, uh, could, I can see the is, references to it. You should see these people. Darren is trying to give, like, kind of instruction via... He's, hey, bring Andrew, flags. Semaphore is the way of the future. I kept telling you. <laughs> But yeah, but I mean, like, and it does feel it's very much like Lynch getting back to his sort of experimental stuff. And there's an element of like Lynch wanting to do everything that Lynch has done in like a gigantic. This has been described as like, you know, his his, uh, his masterpiece to a certain extent, but his sort of like his his overarching sort of like if you were to do sum up Lynch's body of work, because you have stuff like his direction of stuff like music videos, for example, is yeah. there. Like you could argue that episode eight is shot like a music video and that it's more about images and sound coming together than it is about coherent With a band story. performance in the middle. And it is indeed. And there, well, there is a band <laughs> yeah, yeah. performance from the yeah. Nine Inch yeah, Nails in yeah. the middle. Yeah. The Nine the Inch Nails. The Nine Inch Nails. nails. No, yes. yeah. Just in case the many improvisational <laughs> yeah, bands yeah, 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 yeah. homage bands that sort of travel. Tribute bands. I like yeah, the idea yeah. that the Northwest is sort of struggling. There's only so. one of them. <laughs> one of the nine. I think it's, it's like it's the most famous episode of the show. And deservedly uh, so. Just right. about, I think it's it's one of the greatest TV episodes ever made of here, anything here. I would suggest if not the best. It's one, It's up there. It's uh, like, it, And the funny thing is it has competition from some of the episodes 
in this show. Include the, the f- no, yes, and in the, the first two like, seasons. Oh. Like I would, there's some great like the pilot of Twin Peaks is one of the greatest episodes. It's great pilot amazing, probably yeah. ever the seen. The standalone yeah. pilot even is remarkable. Yeah, yeah. The international version, it. the international version yeah. is great. I mean, he's done like he's done great work on this. I mean, it, it people tend to kind of be sniffy, particularly around the second season. I know he kind of you can't blame them though. The thing, yeah, no, I know, I know, absolutely. But I mean, it's part of the package, you know. You it's kinda, true. You, you get what you get. Like it's, you, it's like a la carte Christians, really. You know, like you sign up for the whole thing. You don't get a pick and choose. <laughs> but I just wanted Jesus bit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, I, but I take your point. Well, here, have Laura Palmer sent to Earth to, <laughs> to, to, to save, to save us, us all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I did like the. Um, I also like the radio station. Sort of reminded me a bit of the Rancho Rosso logo. Oh yeah, which quite nice. Like That's that. what struck me out on rewatch. That it looks like the logo that you see at the start of every sort of thing. Um, and yeah, so I mean, that's really sort of about it, I think. In terms of I think so. Else, have, we, have we missed anything in episode eight? Um, I don't think I so. Don't I'm think looking so. through. I kind of made notes of each kind of section. I made very brief notes, but I think we've probably covered a lot of the bases. Um, just, yeah, I think all there is, all I have left to say is that uh, this is the water, this is the well, and so forth. Thank you very much, guys. You're very welcome. You'll be Thank back you. with us in about an hour. Uh, yes, we will. Indeed. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll we'll come back and eat all the rest of the pie. Um, I'll eat some of the pie. <laughs> yes. Have I you wouldn't. actually had any of the pie? Not yet. No. Okay. Cool. Um, but yeah, so as you can see, this is very uh, improvisational. Um, thank Correct. you very much. Um, and we'll right. see you soon. Um, you have a whole two hours to come up with your "What Is Twin Peaks About" for you answer. I think oh, I yeah. have mine. Okay. I kind of do as well. Uh, so you know, we don't do it. Listeners, they're talking away from the we mics in case it. you're sort of we wondering. Love it in case you're wondering why you can't hear what they're I'm saying. Leave my um, so often like, people complain about not being able to hear me. I like that this is sort of Lynchian sound design. This is like Jacoby taking delivery of the um, of the th- of the uh, show. Hello. <laughs> I'm not sure if they heard that, Jack. Catch All you right. later. All right. What we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break just so I can download and oh, back up this version of the podcast, and then we're going to be back like in two seconds. Um, perfect. Awesome. 